Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Mavis. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Thank you. So, yeah, today's subject of fear is um, is interesting. Now, we were just talking before, and um, as you were talking a little bit about, you know, that misunderstanding of what fear is for, and um, I was thinking about how it played out in my life, you know, and it was like I, I think I lived a life in, especially my life in active addiction. You know, when I when I most of my time was spent. <clears throat> in a in a world of crime i guess and and amongst people that were not too friendly let's say <laughs> um and not have your best interest at heart absolutely that's a good way of putting it and um you know so it was like there was a constant fear you know there which i guess was was for my own safety you know like in the world that i was in you know and and just literally um i guess that if, you, if i look back i would have to say that you know, on a daily basis that my day was full of fear, you know, of like, like what was going to happen next, whether I was going to be arrested for something I'd done, whether my liberty was going to be taken away, whether I was going to be able to get drugs or not, you know, and if I couldn't, how would I feel? You know, it's like, so, you know, that was, I, I just lived life in, in that state of fear, you know, I, I guess from a self-preservation point of view. And, um, and then even after I stopped taking drugs, you know, I didn't have an understanding of how the mind works or, or how we create our reality. So, you know, I went from relationship to relationship being fearful that they would leave me and that I would be alone again and that I would be suffering again and that I would want to take drugs again and, or act out in my addiction in some other way. So it seemed like it's been a massive um, area of my life, you know, that, 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 I, that I was caught up in at the time, you know, when I was involved in it. So would it, would it be fair to say that um, fear and insecurity were your norm? It's funny you ask that because as I was talking, I was thinking, was, was that just my whole time? Like from when I woke up until I went to bed, it was like it was just, that was a constant, you know? It was just normal. Mm. Yeah, I just became used to it. I mean, it's like now it would seem a bit like, Oh, that's strange. Whereas then it would be more like that's just how it was, you know. What do we? What do you make of that? I think it's like when I'm when I'm caught up in my, you know, thought created world about how things work, you know, then I, it constantly looks like I need to be fearful. It constantly looks like I need to manage my experience and need to be 10 steps ahead of myself, you know, because of the world that I live in. Whereas now it just feels like that. Well, I know, you know, I know now how it works. I know that like, there's nothing that I just need to show up to life and enjoy the journey. 
you know, and like, I'm always going to be okay. And that I'm always, things always take care of themselves. And I know that I'm responsive to life in the moment that when things happen, I always know what to do about them when they happen. Whereas I'm terrible at like planning what to do in an imaginary future. You know, I'm not very good at that. And that's kind of what into anxiety and fear, you know? So would it be fair to say that without knowing it, you kind of used to innocently think that um, kind of your, your normal state of fear kept you safe? Yeah, absolutely. It did look like that, like literally fear of safety for my life, you know, because there was guns and knives and crime and, and violence, you know, in my world. So it was literally like a, um, it was like a war, I guess, you know, in some respect, you know, when you were on the streets in that world. Well, isn't that, isn't that interesting that, um, that we can believe that a state of fear, constantly being afraid of what could happen is gonna keep us safe when all it actually did was make us feel unsafe all the time. Yeah. It's paradoxical, isn't it? Because in some ways, doesn't, even what I just said it doesn't make sense. Like that, I can see now that I know what to do in the moment, you know, because I've just, yeah. I've just kind of seen it that way and I've lived that way for a while and it, and it just works, you know, and it's like, whereas before, you know, it looked like I had to plan for, for every eventuality, you know, in advance and be mindful and like on high alert, I guess is the, is the word that comes to mind, you know, at all times. And it seemed logical that if you did that, you would be safe. Yeah. And in the end, all it did was keep you constantly unsafe. Yeah. The abnormal became normal, I guess. Yeah. So it, there's false logic in that. It's, it's like worry. Worry is a um, very popular habit of thinking. Yes? Yeah. And I know my mom was a world champ worrier. There is no subject that she could not worry about. But it was with her and I mean, I picked up that habit and with, so with her and me and everybody else that worries, we usually worry uh, for, oh, maybe like three reasons. One being we think it's preventative. If we worry about things, maybe they won't happen. Or maybe we think it's the same as caring that how, how could you not worry if you care about people, if you love them, love them and how could you not worry about this or worry about that or maybe we think it's being responsible that um, walking around kind of worrying about outcomes is just it's just being responsible and the opposite of not worrying would be being careless yeah all it's logical huh it's just not true Worry is just the, the habit of concerning yourself about outcomes. Making up disastrous outcomes and then feeling as though they're real. 
Um, but all that really is in my world is just that we didn't understand what the sensation of fear is for or the sensation of any emotion is for. It's a physical sensation letting us know the quality of the thinking we're doing at that moment. So if that's true, and I know that it is, that's because that's the way we're made, that we have this constant moment-to-moment -moment feedback system built into us to let us know how we're using the gift of thought. The gift of thought being how we experience life. Now, that is an amazing app that not only do we have this gift of thought that allows us to experience life, but we have a system that lets us know if we're using it in a way that's in service to us or we're misusing it. And it's constant. So we have no emotion, including fear, that isn't on our side. It's there to guide us. It's there to let us know the way that we're thinking right now feels like this. And we all have had times when we may have been in danger or thought we were in danger and our heads cleared instantly. And we did something or other that was exactly the thing to do without even knowing how to do it. I remember, um, I remember this is a long time ago. I, I was on my way to work and someone ran into me, my car. And I was stunned, but I, I looked at the other car and the guy was slumped over his steering wheel. And I uh, tried to open my door and I couldn't and I just turned around and I kicked it open. And then I went, ran over to the car and his car and I um, jerked and jerked and jerked in the door and finally it came open and, and he then was kind of waking up and I helped him out of the car and um, all of this at the time just seemed ordinary. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about anything. And um, a, a policeman came after a bit and um, he showed me the, my car and he showed me the other guy's car and he said, how did you get these doors open? They were, they were jammed and he showed me where they were jammed. And, um, I, didn't, I didn't know that at the time that I, opened those doors, I didn't know that it probably wasn't possible. Um, and somehow kicked hard enough a few times and yanked hard enough and kicked. But he, he said, ordinarily, you probably wouldn't have been able to do that. And that's really all he said. But I thought about that afterwards <clears throat> when I when I started learning about how we're made. And I, and I thought about how 
um, when our heads are really clear, we can do things and think things and accomplish things that we had never learned how to do. And you, you said the same thing a few minutes ago about how what you need just comes to you. Mm. It just shows up, whether it's a thought or an action or whatever. Um, so there's something about we can get terrified in a split second and clear our heads in, in a split second. And without knowing how to do that, we many times human beings will do that in a really dangerous situation. Their head's clear and they can see the next step, only the next step, and then the next step, and the next step. Now, that isn't something that we learn how to do. That's in our makeup, it's in our divine design. That in a clear, in the moment state of mind, we are capable of things that we never learned. And understanding that you, all of your emotions are your thinking, that you're always feeling your thinking, and that when you feel fear and you know it's a thought, you may still entertain it for a bit, but you understand that you're feeling a thought. And you understand that calming down makes you smarter. If you just, it isn't even that you think about that, you just know it. That you end up not letting the outside circumstances determine your experience. Like you're alive. So apparently, even though you were around a lot of people that maybe didn't care whether you were alive or not, um, and were dangerous and all of that, um, it wasn't your fear that kept you alive. Mm. But it's at the time it seemed like you needed to be constantly, fearfully alert because of all the things that could possibly happen. And you thought that was going to keep you alive. That isn't what kept you alive. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just, it's not, I mean, it does and it doesn't. It's kind of like, it's... <clears throat> It's paradoxical, you know, and it kind of, I guess at the time, it, I would have sworn that it was fear that, <clears throat> that kept me, you know, alert and, um, you know, like 10 steps ahead of myself, as I would say, just to be sure. But, but then from what you're saying, it kind of makes so much sense that, um, that I would have known what to do in the moment anyway, you know, it's kind of right because that's just how it works. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't have been in those situations in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been if I. It's if really been. easy to kind of look back now and say, "Well, it worked because I'm. It worked to be in that constant state of fear because I'm alive." Mm. 
ergo it must have been because I was in that constant state, right? Yeah. It's just like, um, it's strange how we learn that, you know, or how I learned that, that it was kind of like that. <clears throat> I mean, if you look back at it, you know, if you've got a blank slate, you know, as a child, you know, it's kind of like that. And there's two potential outcomes. One is you learn that your emotions are a result of your think current thinking in the moment. And the other is you learn that your fear or your emotional state is a result of the outside world of circumstances, how everyone seems to go one way and that it's all about circumstances and that yeah. life is outside in, whereas it's really inside out. Yeah. Well, we can prove both of them. Like you could prove that your constant state of fear kept you safe because you're alive now and you're safe. And so it must have been because of that, right? Mm. But if we choose the other and we see that um, the outside made us think the way that we think, I can prove that too. I didn't feel fearful until this thing happened. Must have been this thing that happened then. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Now that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> but it certainly looks like it. It's it's like um, uh, if I if I get a see the other day I got I got a um, close call on the freeway on the freeway. A guy kind of pulled right in front of me. He, did, he just apparently didn't see me, and I got really startled. Right. So. Um, I had a, a few seconds of thinking capital punishment is a really good idea for bad drivers and stuff. <laughs> but, and I could prove that he made me feel that way. Mm. Right? Because it didn't feel that way until he um, did what he did. But see, before I understood how I was made, I used to be able to, I would get startled, but I used to be able to carry that anger for several miles. Now, um, did he do that? Did he make that happen? No. Uh -uh. Mm. Now, it's, I don't know that I'm ever going to get so good at whatever I whatever I'm good at so that I don't get startled by things but what happens after the startle is um, is me is the thinking I'm doing about it does that make sense yeah 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 it's it's such a I was just like thinking back to even even you know even now even though it makes sense to me you know it's kind of like and most of my life is lived in a, in a pretty free of, free of that way. But, you know, even yeah. the other day, I was just thinking back, you know, that I'd, um, I booked a holiday and um, I realized that my daughter's passport had expired. And it's like, and I just went into this like momentary experience of going, oh my God, I've just wasted all my money. It's not going to, you know, walk. and then it's like, so it's still there, that habit, you know, the habitual worry, you know, about, about what, the, what I need to do. But then after a while, I thought, oh, there's nothing I need to do. You know, it's kind of like, it'll, 
everything will work out however it's meant to work out, you know, and there's no point. But it, it's still in me to have that response to things, you know, but before I realize it, before I notice it. But I don't you think that, don't you think, Jason, though, that um, it's kind of handy that those, those habits don't go anywhere. They're kind of stored in our brain's library, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, every once in a while, they'll pop into our heads. But it's an opportunity to practice what we know. And the more we do that, the, it's kind of like a, a man called Eckhart Tolle says, he, he, he's written a lot of really nice books, and he said, every time you catch yourself at a bad habit, if you just catch it, your consciousness grows muscle. You see even deeper because you can see it was a passing thought that you could either chase and give power to or just let it go and your consciousness gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, and I find with a lot of my clients, the opposite of that, you know, where they just give themselves such a hard time, you know, when they when they start to see this, and then, and then they fall back into a, a habitual thinking that looks yeah. real for a moment, you know, then they start thinking, oh, what is it that I've done wrong? Or how come I'm not getting this? And then it goes in completely the opposite way, right? Well, I think, you know, I used to do that when I first learned this, I I formed this opinion without reading or belief really without knowing it that I thought once I understood this, I I would never have useless, negative, self-defeating thoughts again. Well, that's not true. Mm. It's like when I have them, when they come into my head now, now I know what they are. They're just passing thoughts. Yeah. And every time I catch that, and every time I realize that, I, I'm, I'm stronger, I'm safer, I'm more grounded. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of a lifelong practice that just gets clearer and clearer and stronger. But, you, but the belief that I'd never have them again caused the disappointment when they showed up. Yeah, I can see that. We're not doing something wrong. We're not, we're not bad at what we're learning. Just let any thought come in into your head. Just, mm-hmm. it's, it's no problem. You don't have to build a fence or a wall or something. So negative thoughts don't come into your head. They're not doing any harm coming into your head. You can just see them for what they are, or you can forget for a minute and have them for lunch and make yourself sick. (laughs) But the thought didn't do that. It's just that we just forgot for a bit. But every time we realize again that we're just feeling our thinking, we get more and more grounded. And it's, it's really easy to think, to be listening to this and think, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. 
but or what what or what else have you got? You know, it's kind of like, but but um, you know, when you slow down and think about it, you know, like many people who are suffering, as I was in many ways, and people I've met and worked with and so on that have had a lifetime of anxiety and worry and stress, you know, of, of that you know that that it looking like circumstances of you know what's controlling their feelings but when you really see what it is what you're talking about it's like there is no what else you know there is there is there is it's like it's so simple yet so profound right it's like i i know this is probably true for you in your work too but i i can't tell you how many times people will say it can't be that simple might have figured it out if it was that. I'm not stupid. I would have figured that out if it was that simple. But but what if it is? It's like, um, can I practice something with you? Yeah. So um, um, see if see if you can get yourself um, a little angry. Don't. You don't have to say anything. Just go go up in your head and see if you can get yourself a little angry. And then notice where you experience that in your body. Just take your time. I've got one thing. It's quite difficult for me because I really, you know, like don't often have experienced that anymore, but I can think of one thing that's, that's, um, that's, you don't need to say it though. You don't need to say it. Just where did you feel it? In my chest, like here, you know, my chest and my shoulders. Now who, who created that? What created that feeling? Yeah, obviously me. Yeah, I created it. Yeah. That's it. And it's, now, if I gave you another emotion, if I said, "Okay, see if you can, um, see if you can create a little grief." Yeah, I can do that easily. And you notice where in your body. Same sort of area. I feel it. You know, like in my chest and my shoulders and stuff. It's like a. A physiological reaction to thinking yeah. about that, and you created it. Yeah. Now, did, it, it's a little. Um, I'm assuming you had a little reluctance. You're not particularly interested in feeling angry and sad or anything, but but you can um, you can create it at will, mm. and you will experience it physically. That's all we're saying, isn't it? That we're always feeling the thinking we're doing. And we feel it physically. And those physical sensations are on our side. They're just saying, they're not giving us a sermon, they're not yelling at us, they're not doing anything. They're just saying, the experience you're creating feels like this. And it's physical. You created it with a thought that has no form, but you felt it in your form. 
you experienced it physically. Now, if we don't know that, if we don't know that's where that feeling of grief or anger or frustration or whatever, if we didn't know that we created that, we would do pretty much anything we could think of to not feel that way. Yes? Yeah. Like um, drinking or using drugs or overeating or overbuying or whatever. We would want to um, numb that feeling or cover it up or in some way get rid of it. Well, that's logical, right? Yeah. But it's, it's false logic because we didn't know that the feeling came from the thinking we were doing. It didn't come from outside of us. It didn't come from, it didn't come from the past. It came from a thought. It didn't come from the future because the future doesn't actually exist. It didn't come from what somebody else said or did or what's going on. It came from the thought that you created in this moment. And if you don't know that, then you try to do something about that. And most of those things that we try to do aren't in service to us. They make, they harm us. And then we create a bunch of false needs, which is what an addiction is. Yeah. It's a false need. I mean, no, nobody really thinks we need uh, a whole bunch of alcohol or heroin or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Nobody, I mean, nobody ever says, well, no, see, really, I have this body that actually needs that. But you think you do, yes? Yep. So an addiction is our brain lying to us. There's a guy. There's a guy that is. I I I'm, I apologize to him because I don't remember his name. Or he studies the brain, and he apparently recently wrote a book called "Your Brain's Lying to You." Great title. Because that's really what an addiction is, is, is saying. It's like, you can't feel better unless you fill in the blank. Well, we can, we can get addicted. We can addict ourselves to a lot of things. I can't feel good unless that person loves me the way I want them to love me. I can't feel good unless I feel better than other people. I can't feel good until my, some of the stuff in my past didn't happen to me. I can't feel good until I know that everything is going to turn out the way I want it to turn out. We create all of these false needs. But it's so innocent. We didn't know we were doing that. Did you? I didn't, I didn't know I was doing that. No. Like I'm a mom of three kids and 
I used to think I couldn't possibly relax and feel good until they were all healthy and happy at the same time. What are the odds? But I believe that. I believe I didn't feel good unless I had enough money to pay bills. I believed I had to be miserable until that was not a fact. Yeah. Well, that's popular and a lot of people could, you know, I used to tell myself when I, even after I learned the, the, about the principles, I used to tell myself, well, yeah, but there's some exceptions there. Like when you don't have any money, that's not just a thought. Oh yeah. Well, how about, does everybody that doesn't have any money feel exactly the same way? No, it is true that probably more people than not feel badly, but how badly and different kinds of badly and how often and everybody experiences everything differently than everybody else. So there isn't a circumstance or a situation that always causes the same experience in human beings. So, must be our thinking. But, you know, I just suggest to people that they challenge it. They challenge it. I mean, I, I know it's the truth, you know it's the truth, but I don't think people should take our word for it, do you? If they have a situation they think is an exception to the fact that we're always feeling our thinking, check it out, check it out. And, and in the end, ask yourself, does everybody feel exactly the same way about this situation? The only answer to that question can be no. You know, and it's kind of like it just makes you reflect inwardly, right? On how and what how the creation of the experience happens. Yeah. If you're if you're open to it, if if you uh, you know, there's lots of us that entertain a habit all, all the time of thinking, um, I have to be right or I can't feel good. Mm. And. Uh, that's its own trap, you know, but um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really useful, helpful thing to do to be more interested in what you don't know yet than what you think you know. Like little kids, they always want to know, how does this work, and what's this, and how come, and why, and, and they learn a million miles an hour with that kind of, now sometimes they learn stuff that isn't true, but, but that habit of being so curious and so, so wanting to see more all the time. Isn't that just the delight of a kid? Yeah. But sometimes it can drive you nuts or you think it can drive you nuts. You just like, oh daddy, how come, why is, yes, yes, but why is, how come, it's like, 
<laughs> because that's why. But that habit is, oh my gosh, if we could just keep that our whole life, or if we forget for a few years and then go, wait a minute, I'm going to open all the windows and the doors in my mind and go back to being real interested in what I don't know yet. Yeah, I love the little story about <clears throat> curiosity. You know, it's kind of like you can, when you give the analogy of the chil how children are, it makes it more real to me, you know, and it's like when you, because I've got a three-year-old, you know, he's, oh. he's like, what's that? What's that? Why? What's that? Why? Yeah. What's that? Why? What's this do? You know, it's kind of like, and it's like, it really sort of hammers it home to what you mean by being curious for, and uh, about what we don't know, you know, because I often say we don't know what we don't know, but when you kind of put it that way, it's like, oh, I, I really see what you mean now, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. because I think we're so, or I am, and, and people that I work with are so addicted to complexity. It's like, we, it's been hammered home, home by the psychological yeah. world of change, you know, that change is hard and it's difficult and it's like, and it's complicated and all these things. And anything like you said that sounds so simple and so profound can't possibly be the answer because the answers are only in complexity right yeah is it isn't that amazing that really is there anything more uh certain than change It looks like that's the one certainty to me from, from when the world started, you know, it looks like that's the only thing that's certain that happens all the time. Absolutely certain. There's never been a moment that's exactly like any other moment. There's never been a, a person that's exactly like any other person. You know, when people used to say there are no two snowflakes alike, when I was little, I thought that meant that's the only thing that's, it's, it's just snowflakes that um, there are no two alike. There's no two anything alike. Okay. And that includes split seconds. Mm. Everything is changing all the time. Now, when you think about that and you realize that, that would be kind of a weird thing to be afraid of. Yeah. That's the one of the difficult beliefs about people who are suffering from depression or whatever. They think it's always going to be that way. Even their depression isn't always depressed. They'll have brief moments of laughter or something or other and forget that, wait a minute, there was a split second there where I wasn't depressed. What is that about? Mm. What is that? I want to know about that. I think like as Sid as I've read in Sid's books and what he always said was all the information's in the feeling because I was just yeah. as I was listening to I just felt myself get really calm you know and, and like when you see the simplicity of it you know I think we have a tendency to want to work out how that 
just worked and how do I bottle that up and use it again to my benefit at a later stage next time I get anxious. Now, even though I wasn't feeling at all anxious or anything, you know, as you were talking, I was just like relaxing more into that feeling. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly, you know, it's so simple and so beautiful just to be present and just to have no worry about anything, you know, and just to know that everything works perfectly exactly as it's meant to and, and really know that you know versus it sounding like a good concept yeah Isn't that amazing yeah it's not that the more we know the, the more we see how complicated it is the more we realize the nature of everything the more we see how simple but intricate it is it's like I was sitting, I, I have a, a porch where I can sit and look out over the, the woods in my backyard and so forth. And um, I don't think, if I'm just sitting there and I'm just being and looking out, I can't believe what a perfect system creation is. It's a, uh, We are made out of a system that has no flaws. No flaws. Now, every once in a while, I'll think up a, a flaw and think, you know, whoever made this, I'm going to speak to them about this, like mosquitoes. I'm going to, and crabgrass. I'm going to just, I'm going to have a discussion with whoever created this. About, you know, what, what was the point with the mosquitoes? What, but I'm sure there's, it's, it, they're part of a perfect plan. Or maybe even the pandemic. I, I don't know. But it's part of creation. I don't know about it. But I know that going through it, I'm one of the elderly sequestered people. You know, I stay home because apparently I'm in great danger if I don't and but um, I get to decide how I experience that I don't um, I don't have to suffer from it um, and if I get it I get it I hope I'm graceful about it I don't know what I'll do I have no idea I don't even know how the next two minutes is going to turn out so how would I know about anything else There's just now, just now. And there's, before we started recording, we were talking about time. Mm. You're in one country and I'm in another. And, and yet, we're both in the same now. The whole planet is in the same now. I watched them. Um a film on the life of David Bohm uh, yesterday. And he said, um, one of the things they said in it was the only reality is undivided wholeness, you know? <laughs> and I thought, wow, that was so profound. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, that all our personal reality, you know, is, is individual, but like, you know, the only reality is undivided wholeness. I thought 
It's just yeah. because from his point of view as a physicist, you know, it's like, you know, he's like looking at all the atoms and how everything works together and how everything, regardless of form or matter, is all one, you know, and it's like, that was such a cool thing, you know, watching that um, film. Yeah. Just because, just because we don't understand how anything is made, just because we think things are mysterious or magical or there's no explanation doesn't mean there isn't one. And the explanation we may about the universe and the wholeness, our brains probably are never going to figure that out. (laughs) Never. Because we're just, it's just too big. But we can know that it's all the way it should be. It's all perfect. It doesn't mean it's all enjoyable. I don't mean that. It's just that it's, we're part of a perfect whole, whether we believe it or not, whether we feel it or not. Our experience is always created from the inside out, whether we believe it or not. We are enough. We are who we're supposed to be. We're enough. It kind of makes sense why Sid said that all the information was in the feeling because like you said, if it's beyond comprehension of the human mind, of the human intellect, to make sense of knowing and seeing, as Sid used to describe it, then you could never really know from that place anyway. It would never make sense. You can only have a felt sense of it, right? That's right. You can know something without ever being able to explain it or personally understand it. But you can know it. I think that's a beautiful place to end. What do you think? It's the beginning. (laughs) It's a beautiful place to begin too, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's um that was a great a great recording, you know. It's 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 funny how they start off in one place but end up, you know, somewhere different. And it's like and that's really cool. I think that's the journey that I'd like people to go on that you know, I think that they've they've got a flavor of suffering of some type, you know. One of my favorite, um, I know you've heard this, but one of my favorite little sayings of all time, and it's been a pro, uh, you know, attributed to all kinds of people. But I attributed to John Lennon, but he, he said, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs>